Hi, and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste for Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts, big and small. I'm Biz, and today I'm here with Megan. Hi, Megan. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Pretty good. And Megan and I were going to have a discussion about hobbies and how to be as eco-friendly and waste-free as you can. Yeah. So everyone knows probably at this point that I'm a quilter. So what kind of hobbies are you into? I also do a lot of sewing. Um, I have made a couple of quilts in my time, but I also do knitting. I'm a painter. I've tried dipping my toes in just all sorts of various uh, crafting areas, but mostly I stick to like sewing, knitting, painting, that sort of thing. And as a sewer myself, I know that you can accumulate a lot of things. As you can see, my sewing room behind me. And <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a good collection. <laughs> there are there is definitely a collection behind me. And as a as a scrap quilter, I kind of need a collection because you need that abundance of variety for colors and and lights and darks and stuff. And so it tends to accumulate. I do have one shelf behind me that is all organized into its individual colors etc. I try to keep it very organized. I consider myself a minimalist, but it probably doesn't look like it in this particular room. <laughs> uh, a minimalist in principle. In principle, <laughs> At yes. Least. Well, I mean, I do, I don't hang on to things that I don't think I will use. In fact, previous hobbies of mine, I have given up completely to just hone in on sewing and just focus there. So like, I used to have a loom and a spinning wheel and those things are not here anymore because. I just focused on the the one thing that I was the most passionate about. So, yeah, I think that's pretty important. I'm kind of the same way where it's uh, it's like I oh I'll, I'll use this for something and then you know sits for months and months. And I'm like ah, this could probably be used better by someone else. Right? Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. so it's important to me that if something is not used very often, but someone else could use it and they would use it a lot, that it should go to the person who's actually going to get the best use out of it. And I find, like, if I'm only using something a couple times a year, I can probably borrow it. Yeah. I tend to hold on to a lot of things myself. <laughs> like, especially if uh, if I do know that I, I will use it. Because I know that, like, as soon as I send it away somewhere, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's gone now. And now I have a use for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is always that. I don't like giving things up to just go to a thrift store because I don't know if it's going to get used. And... I'm, you're right. Like I might, I have a hard time giving it up if I think that I'm more likely to use it than it's just maybe going to get used. Yeah. What do you find is hard to get around the waste in your hobbies? Yeah, that's something that I grapple with quite a bit, especially with painting or art supplies. There's so much packaging that goes along with that. Mm. Like uh, I, I started painting, I started doing oil painting just, just in January because I had a set of oil paints that someone had gifted to me. And for some reason, I was just saving it. Like, I, I was like, oh, this is a nice nice set of oil paints. I'm going to use this one day. And then finally, I was just like, why am I saving this? They're not going to last forever. And <laughs> I'm just going to start using them. Yeah. And as I started using them, and, you know, the tubes get lower and lower. And then I'm like, well, once these are used up, they just go in the landfill, I guess. I mean, you can't can't reuse them. They're like the little aluminum ones with the plastic cap. It just, mm -hmm. there's nothing, nothing more you can do with that. But what I've done recently as I've 
kind of run out of paint is I thought, well, maybe I'll just buy pigment separate. I'll buy the oil separate and I can mix it together. Then I can use the containers that the pigments came in. So I'm still kind of struggling to to figure out the best best way of doing that. But I mean, especially if you've only just started doing this particular medium in January. So that's yeah. like four months. That's not a lot of time to have used A, used up what you've got and be like gone through the research and the exploration of trying different things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a learning experience. Well, just like every kind of hobby. But, um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I have recently found um, there is a company that's uh, it's based in the U S it's natural earth pigments uh, or at natural earth paints. And they have, they just sell the, the pigments themselves. And I think the U S part of it, sells it in they'll, they'll send it to you in paper packaging mm-hmm. but as far as I can tell in Canada it's still just plastic pouches uh, it's probably better than like a thicker plastic container but uh, I, I I just don't know <laughs> it's so it's so hard to navigate but it's something you're thinking about and experimenting with and you know research and all that so yeah it's something I'm definitely always mindful of like what's the least wasteful way I can do this what's the most efficient way I can do this and also most cost-effective, because that's always a concern. <laughs> what about knitting? Do you find that, because my experience with knitting, well, not knitting, crochet, I guess, for myself, is that you kind of need to get a lot in order to make anything. And then when you have like the little tidbits at the end, what do you do? Well, so with knitting, because I, I came upon this problem pretty early, is if you want to make something uh, like a larger garment, like a sweater, you know, if you graduated from scarves and dishcloths and you're feeling more ambitious it takes a <laughs> lot of yarn and if you're buying that new it's really expensive especially if you're going with a natural fiber and even if you're not going with a natural fiber even if you're going with acrylic they're cheaper but it's still it still adds up you need so many balls of yarn to turn into a sweater mm-hmm. but what i started doing was heading to a thrift store and finding an old sweater and dismantling that harvesting all the yarn and then you can knit it back into something. It does seem a bit redundant. You're just taking it apart to, but it's, you know, good for practicing on if you've never made something large before. And yeah, it's way cheaper too. I have found a couple of sweaters that were like a hundred percent merino wool, which is very expensive if you're buying it new. Right. But you know, I bought a whole sweater for $20 and then I've got all this great yarn that I can use. And also the sweaters that I bought, I would not have worn myself. <laughs> so I found that to be like a real score. If you find something like that, it's thrilling. Even if you're kind of starting out with knitting or crochet, if you find like, you know, an old project at a thrift store too, that someone's, you know, abandoned or something, you can take that apart and you can harvest that yarn too. Yeah, I can see that being, and I imagine like at some thrift stores, you'd probably find sweaters for like five, six bucks. Right? Like it would be super, super cheap to go that way. Yeah, exactly. And knitting comes apart pretty easily. Yeah. And it's, you you get a bit of satisfaction from dismantling or like just pulling on that string and watching it all disappear. Is that very satisfying for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For for some reason, I get, I I have very simple pleasures in my life, just taking apart sweaters and then knitting them back together. So, what about the tidbits at the end? So, tidbits at the end, they're, I actually recently made a sweater out of scrap yarn. So I was inspired by the, there's this knitter in Denmark. Uh, she does 
I originally found her she, for her beaded sweaters. Uh, she knits with beads. Uh, and I thought, oh my God, these are beautiful. I want to make one. So I made one. Uh, but she also makes scrap knitted sweaters. So you take like a base color and then you attach all of the little tidbits that are, you know, this long left over, you know, a foot long or six inches or whatever. You just tie it together and knit it and it makes a really nice sweater, I think. That's cool. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I can go get it right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait one sec. Sure. This is the one that I finished just uh, about last week. Oh, oh, that is fun. Okay. Yeah. So I had a whole bunch of like white left over from Mary's project that I just kind of combined into all these multicolors. I mean, it looks pretty scrappy, but it's yeah. comfortable. I'll wear it. I just assumed that, that that was the yarn, but that's all the no. little tidbits. That's very yeah. cool. And the inside is nothing but knots, but yeah, yeah, eh. of course. <laughs> and the other thing I was I mentioned was the bead sweater, thousands of beads. Oh, that is uh, interesting. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite sweater. It is five pounds, no doubt. Like I was yeah. gonna say, that looks like noisy and heavy. Yes, yes, <laughs> but it is oh, fun. Yeah. It is definitely fun. And then I have a tragic yarn story. So I mentioned before that I found uh, some merino wool sweaters that I took apart and made into another sweater. On the second time I was wearing it, I went to a coffee shop, spilled my coffee right all over it. Oh, no. So so I've got this sweater and it's hard to see on the camera, but I I can tell, but probably only because you pointed it out. Yeah. Yeah. Not something I really want to wear out and about. It looks stained. Oh. So, but I think I what I'm going to do is just douse the whole thing in coffee, and it's all a that, little bit darker shade of tan. A way to do it. I love that. That's awesome. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's a bad color. It's it's very similar to the color that it already was. It's just a little darker in that yeah. spot. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm not going to wear it as it is right now. I might as well. Yeah, you can't make it worse by dousing it in coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's it. I'll just make it one enormous stain and then it's fine. Yeah, coffee dyeing's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Very cool. So that's my uh, sweater adventures that I've been embarking on. Are you more of a garment sewer then? Yes. I like the construction of it. I'm not like I I've never really been that much into like clothes and fashion. Like I hate shopping. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a chore. It's it's yeah, it's not fun for me and and it can get like really expensive and it's just yeah, not not my thing. But I do love making my own clothes. Yeah, I just, I like the way that pieces go together. I find it interesting. I just, it's kind of like problem solving. I like that. Like solving a puzzle with fabric. Actually, I made this shirt too. Oh, wow. I, I don't make everything that I wear, but a lot of the things I, I make, I will wear. Well done, um, I will say. Oh, thank you. And actually... Just because this is that kind of podcast, this shirt is actually made from uh, my boyfriend's old house coat. Nice. Because he uh, pulled it out of the closet one day. It's got big holes in the front pockets. One of the sleeves is completely torn from one of the cats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you, you can't wear that, even around the house. I <laughs> but I can if I cut it up and sew it back together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like, because then there's the like huge sections of fabric that are there. Yep. And they're still perfectly good. Like they weren't worn out. It was like perfectly fine. And I was like, I'm not going to just throw this out. I mean, I've got this pattern I've been meaning to make with some nice fabric that I have. I might as well practice on this fabric that would have otherwise gone in the dumpster. On the topic of sharing our handmade clothing, 
But this is that uh, looks awesome. This is the hoodie that I've made. It's one of the very few items of clothing I have made for myself, and it That's was wicked. made out of the scraps of the pieces that my friend was making hoodies for her nephews. Nice. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And I love it. It fits me perfectly because, of course, I adjust, like, I hate short sleeves, so I made sure the sleeves were long, and I made it fit perfectly to me, and so it's one of my favorite. I also made sure it had nice big pockets because women's clothes have no pockets for some reason. (laughs) It's so infuriating. (laughs) Or if they do, they're, like, two inches deep. And it's like, what would fit in there? Yeah. You know, it's a couple like, of coins. Nobody carries change anymore. Why do we have tiny pockets? Yeah. I want to put my hands in because my hands are always cold. <laughs> <laughs> Just fit your little fingertips in there and that's yep. it. I, I do love that hoodie. I don't love making clothes, but I did, I did enjoy that. I think the joy I get out of it is making, I think like you, the shirt you're wearing right now, the fact that it was scraps or something that might otherwise have just been considered garbage. And I turned it into something that I think is lovely. (laughs) Yeah. And I can wear it. And I get comments on it all the time, actually. Everyone's like, where did you get that? I made it. Then they're always really disappointed (laughs) because they're like, now I can't go buy it somewhere. (laughs) Don't ask me to make you one. (laughs) Not making you one. Not a chance. No. (laughs) (laughs) What do you end up doing with with the scrap fabrics? If they are too small to make something with. I have a I have a bag that I just fill with my threads or little scrappy bits and whatever. Um, and then when that's full, I'll probably use it to stuff a cushion for outside. That's my plan for it anyway. Excellent. Yeah, I use my like really tiny pieces that can't become anything as stuffing for dog beds to donate to some shelter. I don't know which one it is. They don't all take them because apparently they take a long time to dry (laughs) when they Uh, wash them. But the store I work at uh, has a lady who comes in and and donates them for us. So it's a really good idea. That's what we do with those. But yeah, I've made I've made yoga blocks out of the scrap fabrics. So they've stuffed the yoga blocks. They're sewn yoga blocks. So they're not like you can't put them on their end and they'll stand up or anything but for what I use them for they work really well and they are so dense like when you (laughs) shove fabric scraps into something to stuff it it is dense yeah (laughs) it's not like a stuffed animal that is super light and fluffy and squishy it is a hard brick (laughs) yeah that's a good idea too like I I, I love just finding new ways of sorting out my trash. <laughs> I think that having a hobby that is like a maker hobby is such a great way to get creative in utilizing things that may otherwise be considered garbage. Yeah. Well, recently, I made a paintbrush. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. <laughs> out of my cat's whiskers, I need to clarify, these are shed whiskers. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Do I need to I... save my cat's whiskers for you? <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, because they like they turn up in the carpet. My vacuum doesn't pick them up, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're everywhere. And I didn't have a paintbrush that was fine enough for what I needed to do. And so I was like, why, why don't I just maybe maybe this will work? And so just I taped it to a little scrap stick that I had, which was I think it was a uh, you know from Edible Arrangements how they have those plastic skewers. If you've ever seen that, uh, sure. 
So they put all the fruit <laughs> onto these plastic skewers and then you're left with all these plastic skewers. Right. And so I also reused that. So that's the paint paintbrush handle and I just taped some of the whiskers to it. I sound insane, but it worked so well. Uh, it's now like my favorite paintbrush to use. And you are now going to start your own business selling cat whisker paintbrushes. Yep. Sorry, Squeaker. You're going to have to start really producing. Come on. on uh, <laughs> I know. Sitting in the background right now, like glaring at me. <laughs> yeah. She's got a, a good evil eye. I like but uh, a lot of what I do for reusing things, it's really just to see if it'll work. I like to be really resourceful. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah, you, well, you have to be if you're using uh, your cat's leavings to make uh, craft supplies. That sounds way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not painting with their leavings. <laughs> well, that's actually my next point. No. No, uh, <laughs> no, no I, I don't think I'm going to go much farther than okay. <laughs> with, you know, taping some whiskers together. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it, I was actually really surprised that it worked so well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you go and buy a natural hair paintbrush or or makeup brush, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's from animal hair. Right. Yeah. Why is that different? Yeah. And those animals aren't, you know, being brushed and cared for and loved. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I will say on that topic, I have crocheted a toy dog out of dog hair. I tried to make a little string out of <laughs> after I brushed my cat and I was like I'm gonna just see if this works and I just kind of made a little little string out of cat hair and it works really well it's very soft too yeah but their hair is well I mean your cat has long hair but even even that isn't very long for spinning so mm-hmm. yeah it does end up being quite fuzzy fragile well well yes but also fuzzy because it's got all the little ends sticking out all over the place yeah yeah i've i've attempted that too i I was a pet groomer for like 10 years and so when i was spinning and weaving yes i had experimented with pet hair and the dog toy i made was for one of my clients whose dog was going to be passing away soon it was yeah and it was it had such long hair that we had to shave it off because the dog wasn't comfortable anymore. And so I took that hair and made her a little momentum for That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like I was really nervous giving it to her because I was like, is she gonna think this is sweet or really creepy? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's always a worry. Like anytime I attempt something like this, I'm just like, am I crossing a line? Will I be able to tell anybody that I just made this out of my cat's hair? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, peculiarity aside, it's not really much different from commercially available yarns. It's still yarn yeah. from yarn from animals. So you betcha. Just the way you think about it. So at this point, can I ask you what is an eco challenge you've faced recently? Let's see. Well, one one thing that I kind of have challenges with, like when you're sewing, I always have a hard time buying new thread mm. because of the plastic spools. Yes. And every time I buy one, I'm just like, oh, this is just another, just another one that I'm, I can either hang on to forever or it just goes away into the trash. Yes. And I think that kind of plastic is technically recyclable. Depends on where you are. Depends where you are. Even if it is collected, sorted, who knows if it's actually being made into something else or... I mean, even, even so, recycling is 
a lot of people think that recycling is you take something, you melt it down, and you turn it into the same thing. But that is not how that happens. It always ends up right. being something of lesser quality. And so it's really just adding one more step before it ends up in the landfill. Plastic is yeah. not, it's not like glass or metal where you can just melt it down and turn it back into the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So is it better to recycle it? A little, not by much. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah better to just not have that yeah. produced in the first place. Yeah, and it is sad. I, don't, I haven't seen any companies who are veering away from that. Aurafil is the only one I can think of that has any wooden spools, but I think that's just for like their high-end wool thread. Yeah, and, well, and then also, it's also frustrating when you see wooden spools for sale just on their own. Uh-huh. So you can you can just go and buy an empty wooden spool, but you can't buy it with thread on it. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like like new, like somebody has made this specifically new material spool. Yeah. Like yeah. if you go to a craft supply store, you can probably find, you know, a bag of 10 wooden spools that are just empty that just for other craft purposes. I have a few wooden spools that I've come across over the years and emptied and they're sitting on my shelf right now. Not new ones. Yeah, I do. Why? Have... What would you do? What? What? Why? Like, why would you buy them? Why would you buy those? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not I, the only one confused here. That. <laughs> yeah. No. I like. I, I. Yeah. I've just seen them and like wondered the same thing. I'm just like, well, what's? What do you need them for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it just for decoration? Is it for? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Don't... I don't know. It, I mean, well, people find a use for everything. I but, guess so. Yeah. So what is an eco win for you recently? Let's see. Well, I did already mention the the yarn and all that stuff. Another thing that, that I do is I have a lot of plants. Um, as you can see behind me here, I've got a mm-hmm, shelf mm-hmm. with various plants. And not all of them have been new. Some of them have been new. But actually, yesterday, I got a plant cutting from a friend, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. But one of them, that's a Dracaena. It's quite tall. I've had it for about six years. And that came from a bouquet of flowers that I got. It was just like some greenery that had been added. And then it took root. And now it's my houseplant. I had, yeah. a, I had a pineapple plant once that I literally just chopped the head off a pineapple. I tried to do that once. It just turned into a science experiment of mold. <laughs> but yeah, it did. It did grow. My cat destroys plants she literally goes and plucks the leaves off of them oh no (laughs) so i've lost a pothos and i've lost a boat lily uh, to her (laughs) i've actually lost two pothos to her and a boat lily just because she jumps up wherever they are and she's like i have to get to this thing because it's like the best toy and she goes and she just plucks all the leaves off until they can't survive anymore oh that's so yeah, I, I was worried about cats and my plants because I, I had plants before I met my boyfriend and the cats came with the boyfriend. So then I was like, oh, how am I going to work out having all these plants and cats? Fortunately, she does not care about them. The only thing that she will do is I have a bamboo plant. It's not a lucky bamboo. It's like a bamboo bamboo. Okay. <laughs> which is pretty sure I remember that it's fine for cats, but the only thing she she will do is she will find it when she's hungry and she knows that I don't like it when she chews on it and then she'll go and chew on it. To get and your so attention. I have to, yeah. Yeah. Or she'll go and find like a plastic bag and just start licking it over and over because it's making a sound. Yeah. And 
And we're just like, it's still, you know, an hour before you're supposed to be fed. And now we have to listen to you licking a bag for an hour. <laughs> um, or she will chew on book spines. Oh. Yeah, which is real nice. We are putting like a really big damper on owning cats today. Yeah, no, I love my cat. She's <laughs> she's terrific. Uh, everyone should have a cat. They're <laughs> not a nuisance in any way. In any way at all, in any shape or form. <laughs> no, they are great. But I did put a... Uh, like a piece of cardboard into the bookshelf that kind of sticks out further from the books so that she'll go for that instead of the books. Oh, that's and it's worked. Um, that's brilliant. So, yeah, some decoy cardboard. I do that with my thread. Like I have oh, a de- yeah. I have a decoy thread because <laughs> if I'm sewing, of course that string moving around is very enticing. And so I just like put a thread a little bit farther away from where I am and then she'll come and steal that and run away instead of the one I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cats are easy to trick. That's, <laughs> that's the good thing. She's like, ha I got away with it. <laughs> yeah. But then they, well, I don't know. They they can catch on to things pretty quickly. So if you're not getting mad at them about that, then uh, they'll move well, on. Well, then I go steal it away from them later. Like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but she hasn't ruined my project. And that's all I care about. Yeah. We did actually have to take our cat to the emergency vet because she ate a very long string of burlap. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah. So, it, well, again, it was like, you know, an hour before she's supposed to be fed. And so she's trying to get our attention. And she found a string of burlap because I was working on a project. And she like starts to eat it. And I was like, no. And we like run over to try to pull it out. And then it just like disappeared like a piece of spaghetti. And we were like, we now go to the emergency vet in the middle of the night. They were like, well, you know, just uh watch her and see what happens. And then the next day there was, you know, a little, little nunchuck poop with the. Yep. Yep. I, I had a cat that ate a rubber band once rubber band in the poop. <laughs> and we're like, Oh, well that explains that. Huh. <laughs> That's good. It worked its way through. Yes. I was very happy about that. Yeah. Our cat uh, also ate a rubber band, like one of the really thick, mm-hmm. really thick ones. And it was back when she was a kitten. And so she's got tinier little organs so my boyfriend had taken her to the vet and they got it out. Right. And so he kept it. Oh. <laughs> I think he should. I think he should oh. put it on the wall. <laughs> you know, the world's most expensive rubber band. No doubt. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could make that into a paintbrush. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <geez. laughs> uh, we did yeah. keep things for sentimental purposes like that. It is really disgusting that we have that but well, you do funny you. <laughs> <laughs> anything else specifically you want to say about hobbies uh, yeah it's it's important to be kind of resourceful and inventive I guess with any sort of hobby that you have and also even if it's not a good quality material or tool or anything like that I think keeping care of things is very important mm-hmm. yeah even, like yeah if you get say some paintbrushes or something that are, even if it's dollar store paintbrushes, you can still get some good use out of them if they're kept, they're kept well. And I'm sure that there's certain techniques with those that would work. Like you probably don't want to do fine detail with those, but they might be good for getting some texture somewhere or something. Yeah. There's yeah. Different uses for different, different brushes. Yeah. Or your nephew comes over and it's like, oh, you're painting. I want to paint too. You go, here are the dollar store paintbrushes. Yes. Yes. Have fun. (laughs) Oh, actually, there was another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, like places like the Reuse Center and 
things like that are always really good for various kinds of supplies and crafts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I always thought it would be a really good idea for retail stores to have like a section that was like of half used things, like say at a craft store, maybe you only needed like one button, but it comes in a pack of five and then you're left with these extra things. Kind of like, you know how Ikea has their as is section where it's like their floor models are just like slightly damaged things or just return things they can't really use or can't really sell on the shelf normally. Mm -hmm. I just thought it'd it'd be good if just every store had that kind of thing. Did you listen to our themed thrift episode? I did. And another thing that I thought of that was a themed thrift sort of thing was uh, like sporting goods stores do that where they oh, have they do. Um, That's like sports true. rentals and stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's out there. We just need to normalize it everywhere. It needs to be more commonplace to just that, you know, used stuff is fine to buy or use. Mm-hmm. Like not everything needs to be brand spanking new. Most used things can still have some value and, and a purpose. It's a real uh, minefield to try to, you know, kind of reconcile like your your need to make things or, you know, do things and have hobbies, but then also remembering that the things that you're doing has an impact and it's the best way that you can do things and reduce reduce your waste and just keeping that in mind. Just, yeah, keeping it, like you said, in mind and thinking about it and trying to come up with the best possible way to do what you want to do yeah we can't all just sit around and not not create not build things (laughs) you know what's what's the point of doing that but yeah just remembering that you know nothing our our resources aren't going to last forever be aware (laughs) well thank you very much for joining me today well thank you very much for having me this was fun then i'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners who tuned in today and thank you to our patrons who support Waste Free Edmonton through Patreon and through wastefree.ca because Waste Free Edmonton does a lot of work reducing waste in the background, such as laws and outreach and that sort of thing. And that costs money. And so we really appreciate any support that all our listeners can provide for that. And we appreciate our help from Change Toothpaste, who sponsor the podcast and make it free to do. It's all done by volunteers, and they cover the costs of getting this podcast out there. So thank you, Change. If anyone would like to get in touch with us here at Becoming Less, you can reach us by email at becominglesspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at becominglesspod, or you can go to wastefree.ca slash becominglesspod for all the ways to connect and listen. Until next time, we can all be a little less than we were yesterday. I wore that bead sweater because I love that bead sweater. I made it. She's like, of course you did. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry, I just really like making things.